Quasi Joblo. Today I have a friend that I met a while ago. Uh, she was my physical therapist, and we're just going to talk about like you know health through the body, physical therapy, her journey. Her name is Neola Jenkins. Her business is Jenkins Physical Therapy. And so, what's going on, Neola? Hey, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. 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 I'm excited to do this. So, um, you're a physical therapist. Uh, mm-hmm. So I guess we can go and ask, go back to ask, like, you know, where'd you go to college? You know, what inspired you to be a physical yeah. therapist? So I went to school um, in Michigan, a school called Andrews University. Mm-hmm. It's a smaller school, um, private school, but they had um, a program where you do three years undergrad and three years PT program. Oh yeah. And so I went there to play basketball. Yeah. And they also had the PT program, so I was like, oh, this is like a perfect school for me. Oh, okay, nice. So we went there in 2013. I graduated 2013. Okay, where are you from? Maryland. Okay, so what part is it? Silver Spring, Maryland. Um, it's like right in the middle between Baltimore and D.C., but when it comes to like sports, I just gravitate towards the D.C. sports. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> so, I mean, you're um, you're Indian, right? Yep, Indian. My parents, um, they, got, they had an arranged marriage, so mm-hmm. they met a week before their wedding. And they moved um, to America. Yeah. And they had us here, and we were born and raised in Maryland. Yeah, yeah. All mm-hmm. right, cool. So, I mean, where it was physical? Because it seems like you, I see you at the uh, the YMCA, mm-hmm. and I think it's pretty cool how like you're like hooping and you're like <laughs> dealing with your kids and you're going in between. So, yeah. I, for me, seeing that it seemed like physicality was really important. You're using your body, moving it, and everything. So. Mm-hmm. Were you know was that something that since you were a kid that's something that you knew you wanted to do? Um, since I was a kid, the stories that I've been told was I could never sit still, always playing, <laughs> yeah. always doing something. I mean, there's videos of me just jumping, you know, dancing, flips, just constant movement. Yeah. And then um, I don't know how I gravitated towards basketball, but I mean, I tried swimming, gymnastics, like oh, yeah. um, classical Indian dance. I tried all of those things, but somehow I just gravitated towards basketball. And in sixth grade. I mean, I would play, like, you know, outside with kids. I would always play with the boys. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> always, yeah. Always playing basketball. So I started officially organized basketball in sixth grade. Yeah. Um, played in high school and then played in college. So it's just kind of been... I've My parents always just say, like, I'm like a quote-unquote boy just because I'm so constantly moving, can't yeah. sit still. And typically in, like, the Indian culture, um, you don't see a lot of females. Yeah. You know, get involved in sports get involved in like general exercise and i don't know if it's just because you're so focused on education education that the other parts get kind of left in the way but you know i just kind of did my own thing (laughs) yeah so with me because i like to play a lot of sports when i Mm -hmm. was a kid i never played for any teams i was just always kind of wanted to be like a lone wolf and not be committed to anything Mm -hmm. but sports was always a way for me to use kind of like I liked using my mind and my body, I guess you could say, and figuring it out. Mm -hmm. And I mean, to me, basketball got so serious. It got into posture and Mm -hmm. body motion and all this different stuff you would study and know how to use against people. And so, Mm -hmm. like, what is it with sports that really just drives? Is it something? Is it mental? Is it physical? Is it emotional? Um, That's a good question. Like you said, basketball, it's a hand-eye coordination. There's a lot of, you got to think about it, too, because it's not just you. You're playing it against an opponent. Um, I think I just got, 
I mean, I think just the athleticism part of it was yeah. me first. The fact that like you're running, you're jumping, you're using your hands, you're kind of all over the place versus like, for example, like swimming, you're just doing one thing, yeah. you know, or gymnastics, which I just was never as flexible. So I think basketball, I just, you feel like you can do a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of just stuck with it because when you're kind of, I don't, I don't say that I was good at it, but like when you're, you feel like you can hold your own, you, that yeah, builds yeah. your confidence, you know? Yeah. So when I realized that, okay, I can play and I played in a big high school. Okay. Like it made me just more confident. And so that confidence is kind of what you know drove me to continue to play okay so like was uh did you know like in high school physical therapy would be something that you wanted because did you have a pet because it seems like to be in physical therapy and to make a career out of Mm -hmm. it you have to have a passion for the body in general and its functionality yeah did sports go hand in hand with that or did you just bump into physical therapy um so you know growing up you always i was always told something medical you know like doctor nurse something medical so i knew i wanted to be in the medical field just um kind of what i was brought up in and i tried the you know pre-med route i just wasn't feeling it yeah, i felt like it was, yeah. i felt it was like it was just too much for me and um not the necessarily the work but just the lifestyle yeah exactly yeah the lifestyle i mean we had a lot of physicians dentists in our family and the, what they do is great i just never felt that was like what i wanted to do yeah yeah um and so kind of physical therapy, just somebody told me about it. And, yeah, yeah. you know, being in sports, you hear about therapists. Oh, you hurt your knee, go, go to rehab, you know. So in high school, my senior year, I started shadowing physical therapy. And that's how I was like, oh, this is something I can see myself doing. Yeah, yeah. And then when I went to the school, they had that program. I was like, oh, this is like perfect. Okay. So mm-hmm. um, when you uh, when you first decided that, mm-hmm. did, were you um, already in college? I, mean, what- I was in college. Well, senior year in high school. I, yeah. I, I, I I decided I want to do physical therapy. But when I got to school, my first year at Andrews, I actually was nursing. Oh, okay. Somehow yeah. I changed my mind. And then I, was, I did that first semester and I was like, nope, I don't want to do nursing. Just because I felt like nursing had more flexibility. You can do traveling. You yeah, can, yeah. you know, nurse practitioner. There was just a little bit more growth um, yeah. in terms of like variety that you can do. But then when I got the first semester, I felt like it wasn't for me. Then I went, I tried pre-med. I, after watching Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> I started really watching yeah. Grey's Anatomy, and I was like, "Oh, I can do pre med." And then I was like, "You know, like back to reality." So I, that's when I was like, "It's the physical therapy program is here. Just yeah, yeah. you know, stick to that." And my parents, at that time, they didn't really know too much about physical therapy. We had a few um, like older relatives that were physical therapists. Yeah. Um. So they told me to ask them questions. So I just started asking more questions, and then uh, I think by the end of my freshman year, I for sure was like, "I'm going to do physical therapy." So you do other things outside of physical therapy. What is that? Because I know there's a lady I watched. Her mm-hmm. name is Mondragon. I, I know I keep bringing it up to you mm-hmm. every time. But it's crazy because she kind of does like physical therapy. She kind of does like the massaging within the joint. Mm-hmm. She can pop it. She can yeah. do everything. The, uh, what do you call the scraping again? The myofascial? Uh, yeah. So the, the scraping. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so like, what, are you, what do you do? So I... I've had like more advanced training in the joint spinal manipulations where you do like the cracking, the popping yeah. um, throughout the spine, uh, neck, back, low back, um, and dry needling. I'm a certified dry needling therapist. What's that? So dry needling is where you, if you've heard of acupuncture, you use the same yeah. type of needles, but acupuncture is more superficial. Um, the dry needling kind of goes straight into the bone, deep mm. into the muscle, um, and you just cause like internal change. 
into your tissues and brings um, healing. Just yeah. you know, a ton of stuff that happens. Is that painful? It's painful. Do people <laughs> do that a lot? Do you oh, have people to... love it because it works. You know, um, no, I will needle everybody, but somebody cannot need. <laughs> I won't let people <laughs> needle me because yeah. <laughs> I just don't like pain. But there has been a few times where I just like say like you know I'm doing box jump or something at the gym and my back is sore the next day. My husband. He's a therapist too. He'll needle me. It sucks while I'm doing it, but then like the next day I'm fine, you know? Okay, yeah. Um, so I do that, you know, the, all the myofascial work, like cupping, scraping, any other hands-on techniques. What is the scraping for? Because I know people may, because I don't mm-hmm. think, I know I just got kind of mm-hmm. like aware of what all this stuff is. Maybe about two, three years ago, I mm-hmm. didn't even know this stuff had to do with anything. So mm-hmm. like, what is the scraping and all that stuff for? So scraping is, so fascia, mm-hmm. That's it's called fascia release. Fascia is kind of like, the layer on top of a muscle. Yeah. Um, and when you like massage with your hand, you people usually kind of just skip that layer and they go straight into the muscle. But fascial tightness, I mean, sometimes that can cause a lot of pain. So scraping just kind of really targets the fascia. Mm. Um, and so does cupping. So, and is there anything else you do? I mean, I am also a certified um, strength and conditioning specialist. Mm. So that is, I mean, like more of like the sports based sports performance. Um, so like, if you're looking to like increase your strength, explosiveness, power, um, kind of like a more higher level exercise. So I wanted that certification because with physical therapy, once you get them past a rehab standpoint, it's like they can go to, back to all their functional activities. You have to discharge them, you know, yeah, yeah. and then send them to a trainer, send them to like their, um, their CSCS that they have at their school or whatever. And I always love that training part. And yeah. I was like, why do I have to send them somewhere? Like, I, I want to be able to treat those, like, treat them in that phase, too. Not just in their pain phase, but more in their, like, function, return to sport phase. So it's more of that higher level training where they're not necessarily in pain, um, but they want to, like, enhance their sport or their performance. Okay. So mm-hmm. it sounds like you have a lot of, would you say you have a lot of knowledge of the body, just, like, through and through? Mm-hmm. How much different. schooling did that take? Was that a lot of schooling or just like, did you just read a lot up on your own or just get? So it is a lot of, sc- I mean, it's three years, uh-huh. um, three years. And then you have to do into special, like now they're having fellowships and residencies. Um, you have to, you know, constantly do your continuing education and keep progressing every year. You know, you keep getting certifications and constantly learning. Yeah. So every year I try to get, um, Kind of like a new certification, just something to add to my tool belt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What you know? So. Um, oh, what, last thing. Sorry, I also do women's no, no. health. <laughs> what through in what in the sense? So, um, I can treat for especially like pregnancy and postpartum, and even a lot of women who weight lift, they have um, like incontinence or like pelvic pain, and I have been trained to like treat those type of issues as well. Yeah. So internally and externally, so. That's another yeah, yeah. thing so, to add to my tool belt. Mm-hmm. So, because it's interesting because mm-hmm. you're kind of like a, you have the brain of a doctor, but, you know, you have the physical, like, you know, drive of an athlete. Mm-hmm. What, like, I'm always a person because I was in pre-med, but then mm-hmm. I, in chemistry, I went to biology and then I just end up doing psychology. So, okay. that was, it, just getting into a lot of classes, I don't think they even probably meant to put me in. They put me in a lot of classes that mm-hmm. just drove me to really think about how, uh, mm-hmm. That the brain is always kind of driving us to do things. Mm-hmm. What's driving you to do all of this? Like, what's the, you know, what's... That's a the, good question. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what's driving me? 
I guess it's just me, like things that I want, um, yeah. like my own desire is driving me. Like I know some people, like their motivation is their kids or, you know, other things. For me, it's just if I have an idea or something that I want to do, like that drives me. Like yeah, yeah. it's not for anybody else. It's just something that I personally want or like yeah. my my own interest. You know, that's what yeah, yeah. helps me. Like, so what, no. what, what, so you were pre-med, you said, and then you, what made you want to do pre-med? I, you know, crazy. I read Ben Carson's story mm-hmm. when I was a kid, okay. and I was about second, third grade, and I, I always wanted to be somebody and everything, and find something to push myself at. And then so, um, I read his book. But even when I read his book, I was an interesting kid. I was like, I would sit in my room and listen to jazz and classical music and read about the brain, like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. some of the stuff I didn't even understand what I was reading, but I was trying to read enough to where I could understand what was going on. So I just always had an interest in the brain because I was going to school. I wanted to be a brain surgeon. Like I went Mm -hmm. when I was like a sophomore and junior in high school, those summers, I was like in a basement at Wright State, like cutting like these brain slices of a rat into like these small things and studying Mm -hmm. like the pressure, the, you know, like the effects of water pressure Mm -hmm. on brain and stuff. And I mean, just opening up cadavers and doing stuff so i just had an interest in that i mean i was a kid from the hood but mm-hmm. and i enjoyed the hood but there was just a part of me that uh was like it had to be cognitive i had to mm-hmm. use my brain so mm-hmm. i enjoyed the body I, I don't know i just feel like it's like a suit that i'm in mm-hmm. almost and i can just use it and mm-hmm. i was fat and slow and i <laughs> know <laughs> as a kid and i went from that to being like people wanted to pick me up first on mm-hmm. the like yo let me pick up ron mm-hmm. so you know i just enjoy the body so mm-hmm. going to school i thought that was something i want to do but i met a lot of doctors and mm-hmm. i met a lot of people and some of them would just kind of pull me over to the side like hey don't don't do this mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you mm-hmm. want to be happy mm-hmm. and you seem like a nice person don't do this you mm-hmm. know and uh and it would kind of throw me off at first i'm like is it because i'm black or something mm-hmm. or is it some kind of weird but no, I just kept bumping into people, and um, I'll also be honest, I never really talked. I met Ben Carson, mm. some um, this doctor I knew, he was kind of like, well, I know he's going to be in town, I'll link you up with him, mm-hmm. and he linked me up, and I met him, and I kind of seen who he was, and I was like, and I seen, I wasn't like I compared myself to him, I just knew that I didn't want anything like that in my mm-hmm. life. I had just kind of discovered myself as being creative, I was mm-hmm. running around I had created this clothing line, and me and my friend, we were selling it all over, kind of like the United States nice. and stuff. So we were just, I was kind of going through it in college, just about figuring myself out. But mm-hmm. the medical thing was always like, I like being smart. I like mm-hmm. knowing my own body. I like knowing, you know, being perceptual. Mm-hmm. But the lifestyle, when they were saying, if you choose being a doctor, you know, you won't be in your kids' lives, yeah. really. You won't. It's not a career. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I didn't, I didn't want to do any lifestyle like that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's funny, Ben Carson, he's from Maryland. Or I don't know if he's from Maryland, but I know he, like, he went to this, he's Adventist, but he went to, like, the same church, like, religion. Oh, really? So, yeah, 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 that's crazy. So, like, we, so Ben Carson, like, very familiar, like, that Gifted Hands book. Yeah, 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 I read that. I was very motivated. Yeah. I mean, his mom name was Sonya, my mom name was Sonya, and so, mm-hmm. like, I just, mm-hmm. it wasn't like I was trying to mimic him, I just really felt him. Yeah, I mean, you know, I felt the story. Yeah, 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 and, mm-hmm. um. He pushed me, but then I got up there, and you kind of, when you're a kid, you have, like, dreams, but you're not aware of life, so mm-hmm. you go into stuff with these dreams, and it's not that you shouldn't have them, but mm-hmm. it's just crazy how you have the dream, and then you start to experience life with the dream, mm-hmm. and it's like, it just sobers you, and yeah. so I didn't want to do that, because I was realizing I wanted to, 
maybe go to LA. I was thinking almost about quitting college and going with my friends to LA and doing this clothing line because mm-hmm. we had got the attention of. I don't know if it was true, but we were selling a lot in Cleveland, and I heard like Kid Cudi was checking for us, and we had sell stuff. I had sell stuff in South America, and wow. so I was just doing all this stuff England, and so you know a couple of places through Europe. So I was like, I don't want to give up what I'm kind of figuring out with this new kind mm-hmm. of sense of openness to mm-hmm. just be shut down and my kids end up hating me. Because mm-hmm. they all say that your kids are going to hate you. And I'm yeah. like, what? Yeah. So, you know, I wanted to be a good dad. I really wanted to be in my yeah. kid's life. So it was the lifestyle I did. And yeah. a lot of people were like, it was too hard for you. And I was yeah. like, no, it was the lifestyle, really. Yeah. I mean, if you were to ask me like three years ago, do you think I would be where I am today? I would have said no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I think, it's like you said, it's good to have dreams and goals. Yeah. but. Things change. They do. You know, when life actually happens, your priorities change. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, like, you go to a doctor, you know, you get a doctorate level. You don't see people. Like, I actually took a whole year off, yeah. from, you know, from working because I wanted to be with my kids, you know. So you yeah. don't see a lot of, like, professionals doing that. And, um, yeah, like, I had this career path in mind. Like, after, I, you know, we graduated, got married, I was like, oh, I can see I have this is where I want to be in life. You know, I was going to be, you know, doing X, Y and Z. And then yeah. literally like after we got married a couple months later, like I had some I had to, like get my ovary removed and I was like, oh, crap. Like, are we going to be able to have kids? And so then we started trying and then we had like miscarriages. Like it took us a long time yeah, to like yeah. have kids. So as soon as we had my son, like the whole career just was like at the bottom of my priorities. Yeah, yeah. So then after we had our first, um, I worked part-time. And then, you know, I got pregnant again with my second nine months later. <laughs> so then we yeah. had um, our second. And then we had our third. Like, you know, yeah. we you know went through a lot conceiving. But then, you know, after we had three, you know, three beautiful kids. And one of them is coming up right now. <laughs> <laughs> my youngest is coming upstairs right now. Yeah. Um, but then after we had him, I just I tried to go back to work part time. I just felt like it was too much. I, yeah, like yeah. my priorities were all over the place. I was in a place where I felt too stressed. Like because you even at work you still have to produce at work. Yeah. At home you still have to produce at home. That part time life was just all over the place. And then the pandemic happened and all yeah. this stuff. And I was like, what is the best way that I can, you know, that we can find as a family that can fit our priorities as a family and then also fit like my goals and my internal drive to work and to help mm-hmm. people and you know that's when i was like well i've all i was always like kind of seeing friends and stuff on the side yeah. and everybody kept telling me you should just do your own thing you should just do your own thing and i was like no like i'm not good enough or i'm not this like you just talk yourself out of it and yeah. so for there was a period of like three four months where i just could not get it out of my head and i kept thinking should i do this should i not like am i good enough like you know just the whole process of starting something new you yeah, know yeah um and then I just like, you know what, if I'm going to do it, I'm just going to do it and see what happens. Like, give it, you know, let's just, let's just do it. Yeah, yeah. Prayed about it and started it. And like the, literally like I posted something on Facebook and then that same week, somebody respond, random stranger responded. and was like, Hey, I've been looking for someone that does what you're doing. And then that person, it, and the ball just got rolling, you know? Yeah. Um, but again, I did not have this plan. This was not my <laughs> goal like a few years ago. Yeah. So it's crazy, you know, like how life just. You can have dreams and you can have stuff and things just change. Yeah. At first of all, I didn't even think I was going to be in Ohio this long. Yeah. Like our plan was be in Ohio for two years and then move or do something else. And we've been here nine years almost. Where would you go if you weren't? Um, you know, I'm from Maryland. So we always talked about moving back. Um, but I also like, I love the West Coast. Like when you mentioned LA, I did my yeah. one of my rotations in California and then like in Washington State. And 
I just love the weather there and like just like the outdoor like lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, I would. So we just talked about different places, you know, like moving. But I mean, we're still here. <laughs> so no, yeah. again, you can have things, but life just kind of takes you in different places. And some, and when you just let life happen, it usually kind of works out, you know. No, I understand that. I was when I first started really going at photography, I had it in my mind because mm-hmm. I started studying all these uh these photographers. A lot of people probably, unless you're really into it, like helmet people. It's like a like helmet Newton, Guy Bourdain, and uh. Uh, Ellen Von Onworth, I really got possessed. I was like, I'm going to do this, and mm-hmm. I'm going to do this better than them. And I went after it, and I got good at it. And uh, I'm thinking I'm going to just, uh, you know, and I had a kid, so I did it to where I could dip my toe in and get back, and because it was really important to be in his life. And I had problems going on with his mom and stuff, mm-hmm. and we were going through stuff as a family. And so uh, I, uh, you know, she was like this is when she first started being my sister what year was that um when we went to la 2014 so we go to 2014 mm-hmm. we go out to la because she had been out there and i get the gig with uh hit boy and then i get it the another another one with this guy named alan benfield bush he was like the president of some school for vidal sassoon and mm-hmm. i felt like i belong i don't i've never mm-hmm. felt like i belong here i've mm-hmm. grown up here my whole life well not all my life because i was military brat, yeah. so we moved around mostly but i'm from here and this mm-hmm. is where my, a lot of my family is and mm-hmm. we um you know i come back here after going to la because i learned a lot of things and most of them were kind of like man you're a new york photographer you know get the hell out of here we don't you know there's nothing you can wow. make it's about money out there out yeah. there. so I never. I was more intimidated by the money there. Mm-hmm. So when I'm about to make moves, I go. My son's is acting up in school, and mm. he's you know doing stuff. Me and his mom are really going through stuff. So I just, I just started witness to people. I was a stay at home dad for like four years. I didn't mm-hmm. really. My I guess it was my pride that didn't want me to really admit mm-hmm. that. But you know, because I really wanted to go after it, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I'm at home taking care and cleaning and folding mm-hmm. clothes, and you know, mm-hmm. and. Yep. I went through a lot of depression, I, you know, mm-hmm. thinking my life was over because yeah. I was a person who always went after it and kind of got it. And mm-hmm. and so, um, yeah, I understand. But then I do appreciate it because it taught me about life. I wasn't yeah. dealing with life. I learned mm-hmm. how to deal because, you know, my mom passed back in 2010. So I was I just mm-hmm. came out of that maybe a year or two ago of going through it because she was kind of like a, a friend. We were yeah. friends, you know. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um. Yeah, I just went through life, and it's the most appreciative thing, you know. And then people, for me, they start saying I was a bum and mm. and all this other stuff, and it was like I sacrificed my whole life so yeah. my son could have exactly. me. Like I didn't want to leave him, so exactly. You know, yeah, no, yeah. You, and I feel that like you know, it's. I mean, there were rumors people say, "Oh, Neola got fired. That's why she's not working." And it's like, no, like I'm choosing to be with my kids. Like I didn't. Yeah, yeah. Like, and there's nothing wrong with some people have to work. Some people want to work. There's nothing wrong with those people who decide to work. You know, I think for me, and I, I initially was planning on working, but I think after, like, going through the losses and having such a hard time, like, I just kind of viewed, like, my kids as something that I just want to be a part of. Like, the years yeah. are so, yeah. there's only little so long. So, like, even when I came, like, after we had our third, I was like, I just want to take a year off. Like, my work will come. I yeah. mean, that was a lot for me because, like, like you said, all of my <laughs> colleagues and other, you know, people, no one, like, stays home. Yeah. everyone works and I, I felt like I was not like living up to my career standards or you know not yeah. you know like I'm not going to be as good when I whenever I do decide to return you know you have these all these like social pressures too yeah. but at the end of the day you know what 
everyone has their own priorities good for them like mine is gonna be my and i had to become confident in that yeah and you know i was always like self-driven self-motivated like i didn't have a lot of, i was i'm the oldest so I, ha- so I didn't have a lot of like people like to like you know who kind of paved the way you know i had to kind of just do things on my own it's the same here yeah. yeah you know you do things on your own so i had to like find at an early age like you know when you have your priorities like other things will kind of fall into place yeah um and like kind of not worrying about the noise outside so that's what i just kind of like try to stay grounded to that you know my, i have my top priorities which are like you know my my faith my family and then yeah. like my my health is a big thing like yeah i also didn't want to work full-time because like in the real world like it's so hard especially as a mom and any parent like you have kids you have work you have like life after in the evenings like how do you have time to take care of yourself and so many people are like oh when my kids were little like i heard so many patients like tell me you know i didn't work out at all from 20 to 40 because my i I was working and doing this now in my 50s i'm taking care of my health and i was like i just don't want to be that person like in my 50s then trying to take care of my health you know i wanted it's more like repairing it after that exactly exactly so health is another big priority for me so (laughs) i told my husband i was like what we have right now is like i feel kind of selfish sometimes because i do get like time to work out during the day but at the same time like we had to make those sacrifices that means we're on pretty much one salary mm-hmm. you know we don't have two full-time incomes but what are my priorities yeah. you know like we can't buy all the nice things we don't go on a lot of trips but you know at the end of the day like health is a priority i know if i'm working full-time it's hard to manage that see you're mm-hmm. see this is crazy because this is a lot of i didn't plan on talking about this kind of yeah. stuff but um I've learned about that in life. And I was thinking about this yesterday that, you know, in life, you got to have a good life because, mm-hmm. you know, you may have to make sacrifices. Mm-hmm. You may have to do without. Mm-hmm. You may have problems or whatever. You may have to deal with loss. But mm-hmm. if you have a good life and you have principles and you mm-hmm. have values, mm-hmm. they will guide you. Exactly. You know, they will exactly. give you the wholeness you need. So mm-hmm. I'm just learning that. I was coming because when COVID hit, I was just coming out of a depression. And mm-hmm. she, I, I talked to her like I handled COVID like a boss because it came and I was because I was already living like COVID was here. I was like always in. Always in, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't talking to nobody. I was just mm-hmm. away from people. And um, COVID hit, I was kind of coming out of like a depression chill. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I was telling her like, I don't give a, I don't care what COVID done. I, I'm going to play safe and do stuff mm-hmm. like that with as far as health. But I'm not, I'm staying focused, yeah. you know, and I'm going mm-hmm. to stay positive. I'm going to stay, you know, mm-hmm. dedicated to the values I was just establishing that would pull me out of that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I've learned in life you got to have some principles that like a good life, like a good, good life. people around you. Good, exactly. Yeah. So. And like what? And but but you know, for you to realize that, like you had to like do a lot of self reflection. Yeah. You had to have that yeah. time where you're going through that hardship. Yeah. To to realize what you wanted, you know, like for me, like our time of going through hardship was when we had couldn't have children. Like I thought I wasn't gonna have children. I thought I had cancer. Like all no, this stuff, yeah. you know. So like going through that, and then, you know, like. So that's at that time I was like, all right, my family is going to be a priority, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think the hard times in life make us. Yeah. I mean, truly makes us stronger, you know? Yeah. I, you know, cause I've been through a lot of people. I mean, I'm a genuinely nice person, mm-hmm. you know? So, but people think I've been through some crazy stuff and I'm also crazy. I look back on my life. I'm like, is this a movie? Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> and so, yeah. And I mean. Like, you see the scar on my forehead. I got hit in my forehead with about, remember the old school speakers that were about this big? Mm-hmm. I was about five years old. And, uh, like, 
it was thrown by an adult oh, and it like hit me in the head oh, so wow. like i mean i pretty much i used to have these nightmares that i was like looking outside of my body when mm-hmm. i was a kid and i realized that was for memories mm. i think I, and then that's crazy because i think i astro projected or whatever when yeah. i was a kid or I, i'm pretty sure i died and came back to life that's what my parents because they kind of shrouded it in secrecy or whatever how whatever went down about mm-hmm. it so no and then came out of that have a brain injury i'm like you know my dad left probably about a year or two after that Jeez. And I don't know. We moved to South Carolina. I, I mean, I don't like to ask. Like, are you older than thirty three? Me, I'm yeah. thirty three. Oh, okay. I'll be thirty three in February. I'm oh, okay. 32. All right. So, like, when I was so we're not that far. I'm thirty six. So, I, I tell everybody I'm thirty three though. Yeah, no, I do that too when it's getting close. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting close. Yeah, yeah. My husband gets so mad at me. He's like, "You're thirty two. I'm like, "Nope, thirty three. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I um. Do you remember the Suzanne Smith thing? And I always, this comes up in every episode, but it was mm-hmm. so crazy. I was there. I was in South Carolina, and this lady put her kids in, uh, in the lake and killed them. Oh, and, my goodness. Um, blamed it on a black man. And I'm like, but at the same time, I'm living in this little town, though. Mm-hmm. And we're living in this little South Carolina. I mean, it's smaller than Yellow Springs, Jeez. small. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, I was already, that's where I picked up being pretty, like, vicious at because, like, I used to have to fight a lot because, like, the kids and mm-hmm. stuff and all of that. So, I don't know. You jump to that and then I go, I'm back in, after South Carolina, we're back here. I'm in the hood. Mm-hmm. I don't have a dad. You know, we go through crazy stuff at home. My mom, my stepdad. So, I've just been through some crazy stuff my whole life. Yeah. yeah. And I just never, I'm just now getting a break. Yeah. And so, I've learned that, like, you got to have a good life. So, that mm-hmm. way, if you don't have decent people, if you don't mm-hmm. have decent food to eat, mm-hmm. if you got to have a decent exercise routine, mm-hmm. even if it's two days a week, you yep. know. You got to have decent things in your life to be able to cope with the fact that life's going to take you on a roller coaster or toss you around mm-hmm. like the wind because mm-hmm. you'll eventually hit the ground. You just got to hit ground on, on solid ground because mm-hmm. if you don't, that's when, you know, like yeah. my son's, uh, like, you know, like his mother, she, uh, she, uh, she works in a psych ward. Mm-hmm. And so that's pretty crazy. Some of the stuff, like I don't hear personal stuff, but mm-hmm. it she tells me some crazy stuff Mm -hmm. like you know and i don't like when you lose your mind that's the thing i've learned seeing some of that stuff is like now losing your mind is not like just because you went crazy and you want to yell some people are really nice and just don't have their mind they're just it's it's been frayed so i don't know i just think life you got to have some solid ground you do have to have solid ground i completely agree with that and like i've been reading books and on like how to find happiness or solid ground or you know like there's so much and they kind of all say the same thing without saying the same thing you know yeah but like what i kind of infer from all like the books and stuff that i've been reading is you know you have to keep life simple and i think especially like when you go through childhood trauma it's too complicated you know like and unfortunately like that is people's lives is just complications you know but if we can somehow get to a point where you keep life simple yeah and not like bogged down with all this stuff and it's hard because even to keep life simply such to make sacrifices but that's where i feel like you kind of are at that peace you know yeah where you focus on a few things but like i said unfortunately in the world that we live in a lot of people don't have that simple uncomplicated life yeah you know yeah. it's sad yeah so with um with your business, like, where is the ultimate place you want to kind of take things? Is there any goal in your mind? You're like, man, I have my own gym one day or, like, my own holistic practice or anything. Is there any ultimate place you want to take it? Um, it's it's funny that you say that because I, I would love 
love to expand and have my own gym and, you know, do all of that stuff. Like, so you have all these ideas, but, and even like with where I'm at now, like marketing, like there's all these things that I want to do. But then I have to also remember, like I have to rein myself in all the time because, you know, my kids are still little. I still have my youngest at home. He's going to be home for another three years. Yeah. Um, Cause he's, he's only two, you know, and I still want to keep, you know, like be home with him as much as I can. And the, you know, the oldest just started going to school. I so, I have these dreams of like wanting to just like have my own place. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm also open to things changing too. Like I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. I, you know, I've learned that that's not a bad place yeah. to be. I've used to have a fear. I was just thinking about this about yeah. three days ago. Like I had a, I did not like being in spaces where I did not know. Mm-hmm. I had to figure it out. Yeah, and a lot of time, I would spin myself into mm-hmm. a circle. Just mm-hmm. you know, st- but yeah, I think that's a place where the universe god and everything yeah. can step in when you don't know and kind of take you on that journey yeah. so yeah yeah i don't know <laughs> i know i feel like because my son he's 14 okay. and well he'll be 14 in january and you know me and his mom we're together and you know people because we've been through stuff and, yeah. and people go like I, I tell anybody like me and her mom are like friends we've known each other since we were like 17 oh, wow. and uh we had ethan when we were like 25 so we've known each other almost like 20 years mm-hmm. and she's like somebody like really important in my life and you know like that's important i took a lot of time and still am open to like working out things in a sense that we can always be because there's nothing to really work out like we're in, on bad terms mm-hmm. but you know you always have to figure stuff out between yourself and other people when you're trying to raise a family mm-hmm. and you're trying to raise kids kids are always going through changes mm-hmm. and and you know it never seems to stop and then when you think about it like yeah i'm always going through changes yeah. so it just never it's, i'm like jesus this is going to be forever when you just gotta have somebody that goes along the ride with you yeah you know? yeah yeah and so yeah. yeah so it's hard sometimes where i'm in a space where i wasn't comfortable being like i want to choose my profession and take it somewhere but then i have to choose family mm-hmm. i don't know do i be a really good father or do i be a really good businessman mm-hmm. or like you know and it's mm-hmm. really hard but mm-hmm. i've learned to just kind of let it come to you and yeah, so you don't exactly i just kind of ride the waves like yeah yeah just, like sometimes like i think our culture also we're like just go-getters like everyone is like all right if you're not like hustling 100 percent of the time you're 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 gonna fail you yeah, know yeah like it's just yeah. this, like grinding culture which is it, it's good um i think that's why like people we've advanced so much however there's tolls with that too yeah and so i think sometimes we like try to rush too much and then we like forget about what's like all the good that's in front of us you know so yeah, like, of course, there's, like, with the culture of today's society, like, I want to do all this, X, Y, and Z. I want to have shirts. I want, you know, just <laughs> the whole nine. Yeah. But then it's like, all right, Neil, like, bring it back in. Take it one year at a time. And even if I look back at this year, my goal is, like, all right, if I get one patient a week, I'm happy. But it's been way more than that. Yeah. And, like, God has been good. But, like, so, and again, sometimes, like, you kind of, I don't want to say greedy, but, like, you know, you're like, oh, I, I can do this. Like, let me let me just go get some more. But then... That's me, like, forcing things. So anytime, like, you force things, <laughs> yeah, it kind of doesn't work. But, like, if I just do my part, let things come, it's been, you know, the doors have just kind of opened. Yeah, yeah. Know? That's what I'm learning. I was a... I never... I'm not, like, a control freak with people. I'm a control freak about my circumstance. Mm-hmm. I just... Because I'm from the hood, so I always perceived that, like... I was always, like, a straight-A student. I did mm-hmm. well. I was, like, a good kid, so... And that was mainly because, like, I was looking out the window, like, if you have a bad day, you can be a drug addict. You could end up in prison or you can end up dead. So I perceive having personal problems as a gateway to hell. Like, all this is going to lead to chaos, you know? And so, and I like literal hell and that's just like my life is going to be hell. And so, yeah, I don't, 
yeah, I'm learning to just relax and chill. Yeah. And if I have to be a father, if I have to, mostly too right now, I've been taking years off just to, because I don't have like large amounts of income coming in. Like I said, I'm just kind of getting it mm-hmm. as I live, trying to do mm-hmm. the, you know, mm-hmm. the entrepreneur thing. And I just, I've been taking about three, four years just to buy equipment. I just yeah. been, so I was like, man, I feel like a failure. I'm putting all this money in buying this equipment and people are living their lives and doing stuff. And yeah. I've learned to just one, not care what anybody else is doing, respect yeah. what people do, but just don't make it a part of what you need to exactly. do. But yeah, I just, yeah, be a father and, you know, work things out in your home and mm-hmm. bless your home, bless your child mm-hmm. and, and, you know, bless your friends and grow, get older. Cause I know in your thirties I'm enjoying, I never really, cause I wasn't a partier. I didn't yeah. party much. I didn't, I wasn't, you know, I, the most street running I did was to play basketball mm-hmm. and occasionally chase girls when we were like 16, 17. <laughs> and that was in like at the mall, but yeah. I never, I had friends that were in the streets, but I never it was like no mm-hmm. that's not going to happen mm-hmm. so i don't know it coming into my life now i just really yeah. see that uh no no sense of uh i don't know how to say it but i don't know if if i didn't have a sense of drive but without the sense of uh purpose i probably would be lost mm-hmm. but um no i definitely believe in what you're saying i'm all over the place i probably sound like cause i'm thinking about no it's okay I, I i'm keeping up no yeah i'm upset but it. yeah but yeah i think it's i think that's really great that you can like let that down and choose because people i've seen people get pretty vicious and cut off their whole family yeah. or just go their way for money or exactly or sometimes go the other way where they just cheat themselves from yeah. other things and just stay with the wrong kinds of people and you know but it's pretty beautiful you're choosing your path and being I, strong in it i am and like even like so for us to be on one salary you know we knew if we moved anywhere else outside of this, outside of like Ohio, yeah, like yeah. I'm gonna have to work full time, you know, yeah. to, to to you know to pay the mortgage or whatever, you know. So even like sacrificing being in a state that I truly felt like, oh, this is me or my family's there because of my parents, my sister, all my co- like most of my cousins, they all live in Maryland, you know. Yeah. Um. So, but again, you know, we chose what this house like what's our priorities are for my family you know my husband and my kids and so if that means okay i can't live in freaking california right now it's okay you know yeah um because ultimately i want to spend these years these few years at home you know so yeah. I, you know i i just like i think i think the biggest thing is people just don't take the time to truly reflect yeah. we're in such a busy world and like you don't yeah. really and like people don't want to be by themselves people don't want to like look inside and like figure it out you know but i feel like when you do go through that phase it it'll help you in the long run like ultimately become happier i think no no yeah the last five years of my life i thought i was in the gym and like getting away from that mm-hmm. i look back and i'm like no that was time for me to deal with myself exactly that was time to cry if i needed to mm-hmm. that was time to man up if i needed to and whatever it was i needed to do it was time for that yeah this is such an interesting conversation <laughs> how it's i know evolved. i was like yeah. we're like talking about every- deep stuff here <laughs> no yeah it's pretty good yeah but so, like it's real conversation you know like it's not just oh you know like you need to be able to like talk about this and like, I don't know, getting to know people. And that's another thing that I love about my practice. It's like when I was in the clinic, it was like 30 minute conversations and like, you'll see them a little bit later, but like with my clients, like I'm with them an hour and a half. So like, I mean, I, we talk, we yeah, actually yeah. talk. And like, if I go to their house, like I'm in their environment, like yeah. you're really just building relationships, you know, like I think that's like the biggest, 
I guess the, one of the biggest blessings of um, my practice is that I can actually like build like authentic relationships with people. So like, yeah. I don't even consider them like my patients. It's more like, oh hey, like you know, like we're all follow each other on social media. It's like yeah. friends, you know, that yeah. you don't really have with the healthcare provider. You know, yeah. the problem is I gotta keep remembering. All right, you know, like you are the healthcare provider. Like put that first. But it's just like people. It's funny because when people can just let their guard down and like trust you their pain goes down like that tension goes uh, down yeah, yeah. um you see so much improvement when it's like and then also somebody's like listening to you you know when you yeah. go to and again not to talk about the medical field because we have a lot of friends family members who are physicians and they do a really well job like i'm not trying to dis you know discredit any yeah it doesn't even sound that, like that no, you know but, yeah. but it's like when you go to a typical office you're in there 10 minutes with the doctor and it's like okay well they don't they didn't really hear what i had to say they just sent me here or they just sent me there it's like I spent an hour and a half with them, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like you can talk to them. And I always say, like, if I think you need to go back into your doctor, I will let you know, you know, but just listening to them, you know, and people don't get that from a healthcare provider these days, you know? Yeah. It's real. I mean, I'm making an observation just throughout our, con- mm-hmm. our conversation. You sound like a trailblazing sorry, <laughs> trailblazing woman because, like, you're really, you know, you're allowing yourself to be a woman because a lot of, People sometimes, I think they try to stereotype women into mm-hmm. how they should be. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty cool that you're just letting yourself be and you're yeah. defining your womanhood through just yeah. like who you're deciding to be. That's pretty, that's, you know, I mean, I think a lot of young women should hear this. I mean, people in general, though, because people, people go, you know. Yeah. And I, and it's funny because I never like go through life thinking like, oh, I want to like influence all these people or do all these things or like to be somebody like I've never gone through life thinking like that's gonna be but it's funny because like after i started the business like i had so many people like message me like oh what you're doing is great how are you like how are you able to do this? but i don't i didn't even realize like that's what i was doing yeah but you know in terms of like women i think like you said women just have a ton of pressure you know if you stay at yeah. home you're stereotyped one way if you work you're stereotyped one way if you're part-time like there's never a winning situation so it's like well what the f- <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> what's the point then like i'm yeah. just gonna do what i want if you know someone's gonna have something to say about what i do anyways like exactly yeah i'm just gonna do what i want <laughs> yeah so with being like an entrepreneur and then being a person who's like firmly like that you want to be at home mm-hmm. is there what is the um because i know for me it's like traveling and distance and having to be away sometime mm-hmm. what is the biggest thing that you feel like gets in the like that gets in the way of you know trying to do both What's the biggest middle line of like, man, this kind of. Well, I mean, it's like my hours are the evenings. So I honestly, at this point, I don't really feel like nothing's necessarily getting in the way. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's, like I said, if, if I have to sacrifice anything, I sacrifice my work first. Like yeah, I yeah. like, for example, um, it was like Monday through Friday and then on Sundays, right? But then like my Sundays were getting so busy that I felt like, okay, well, then come Monday, I got to do all the laundry, I got to do all the cooking, I do the grocery shopping. So I just stopped treating on Sunday. So like, I, even though like that was the day that I was bringing in the most money, I felt like it was compromising like my whole week of like busyness. So I just said, you know what, I'm going to stop treating on Sundays unless a person actually has to like needs it so i feel like i've been pretty good about if i feel like certain things tipping like on my scale of balance i just have to let something go is that like time management more time so? management or yeah. just like my state of like busyness like yeah, i don't yeah. like to feel like overly rushed overly busy because then 
at the end of the day, I get cranky. I, get, I start getting like impatient with my kids and my family. I yeah, yell. Yeah. I'm not a very nice person. When yeah. I get to those, and I'm like, okay, Neil, something's wrong. You need to fix it. So I'm pretty good at like that self-recognition. I'm like, if something's too much, you got to just let something go. And then again, but for a lot of people, it's hard to like let it go. But I feel like once I let it go and then it somehow it just like works back up and then everything comes back to like equilibrium. Yeah, yeah. But you got to trust. You got to trust the process and... I don't know if I, I don't consider myself old old but like you kind of go through like life and experience of like alright like I know when I force things this happen when I let things happen this happens so like what do I want yeah but yeah. again it's taking that little bit of time and like trusting you know and not controlling and I am a pretty controlling person but like I have to like let go of some of that control and yeah. have faith in like the higher powers that everything is going to work out yeah well, can I ask you a question mm-hmm. aside from all of this? Because yeah. I'm thinking, now you work a lot with the body, mm-hmm. and um, what is your what is the most interesting thing that you have come to learn about the body? Because I I would say like with the brain, what me mm-hmm. doing enough, I I've learned like this thing is kind of moving us. If you look at it mm-hmm. in a certain sense, it's mm-hmm. kind of a step ahead of us, and it's kind of you know because if you think about a situation when you're scared, if you were extremely scared. Mm-hmm. And you're taking off running and you're, you know, you didn't know you could run that fast and jump fence. Something was kind of a step ahead of you saying, run, jump, clear this fence, you know, and do Mm -hmm. this or whatever. And uh, what, so reading about the brain, I'm like, well, the subconscious, I think, is the most prominent part, I think, of the brain. It's Mm -hmm. just kind of at the foreback, but it's got like a a more like a hindsight perspective Mm -hmm. and it's guiding our brain or whatever. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is the most interesting thing about the body that like has presented itself in so many ways of working with it oh my gosh stress Mm. stress plays a huge role huge huge role um in pain and pain perception um like you said like when you're stressed you get like that fight or flight feel like you know your sympathetic system is constantly firing um so you're not getting looks your like muscles are always constricted and so like once you get but again like it's a lot of stress management It, it is like getting a person to relax, like and even with dry needling, there's this thing called gateway. Um, like it's like a gateway needling technique mm-hmm. where people will come in with this like anxiety, like headache, body blowback pain, but they're just like such anxious and str- you know they're so anxious and stressed. But you just needle like the gateway um, points, and it's like you just see like that sympathetic system calm down, and then mm-hmm. like 20 minutes later, their pain is gone. It's like, but we didn't even touch any of the spots that was hurting, mm-hmm. you know. But it's. I think like stress, like the the effects of stress on our bodies is, it's crazy. So I always tell people like you need to have like some type of stress management issue. So like if you're coming to therapy and you have a headache and you, some of it is like a tension type headache with like stress at work, whatever, like physical therapy can only get you so much better, but you need to handle that stress, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and going to therapist, exercise, diet, like, I, so I, I feel like stress is such plays such a big role in how it presents itself in our bodies that if you can reduce the stress so much other pain goes away mm. but again that's part of like the the brain like how you process things that happen in your life like yeah, yeah. can you take it to like a stressful level or you know do you process it kind of just letting go i don't know yeah now with stress because i'm reading a book called becoming supernatural and mm. it's really breaking down to how stress gets and uh, begins to affect how the genes express themselves mm-hmm. within the body mm-hmm. and they don't produce proteins that are mm-hmm. like you know d- they produce down regulated proteins and all this other stuff throughout yeah. the body what do you think as far as like stress on the body do you think that uh what part of the body do you think stress? is it the skeletal system is it the autonomic sympathetic like, everything what part? <laughs> everything yeah. i mean 
if you think about um like even just like cholesterol and diabetes and all that stuff and again i'm not a medical provider i'm not a physician but like mm-hmm. yeah, i've read stuff also where it's like a lot of it is because stress related you know like mm-hmm. i mean my dad had three heart attacks because he I mean, he was so stressed, you know. What did he do? Does he from work? What from work, do? from work. He was working constantly. He had like three jobs back then. You know, it was just stress. You know, same thing happened to like my father-in-law, like my husband. There was a, you know, he was going through a period where he was so stressed out and like he, like didn't sleep as much. So if you don't, it's like a, it's like a cyclic event. You so it's like you start stress happens, you don't sleep, you wake up tired, you don't feel like exercising, you don't eat right, like you don't drink. It's it's, it's like a cycle. It's all intended. It's all everything is connected. Yeah. You know so. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> if that no, answers your no. question, I feel like it manifests itself. It's everywhere. So, you know, if a person has all these issues going on at home, right? Like drama, like whatever going on at home, and then on top of that, stress at work, and they're coming to you because I have, sh- you know, they have shoulder, like neck pain, right? Let's just say neck pain, and it's like okay, you can get them to feel better. A lot of people carry tension in their neck, you know, like you can get them to feel better for a little bit, but the second they go back home, they tense back up. You know, mm-hmm. or like, or like, or they like they carry that stress again, and it's like, and they keep coming back to therapy, or they keep to, because you're not addressing some of the deeper issues. So the best therapy is uh, self therapy in the sense so that you can make sure the help that you do get carries through. And I, it's more preventative, mm. you know. So work on the preventative stuff. So that's a big thing. Like I try to emphasize that with my patients, like you know, don't wait until you're in chronic, you know, you're in a chronic state. Mm-hmm. You know, so like if you notice something that's off, fix it. You know, so if you notice you're not sleeping well, try to sleep better. If you notice like your hip is hurting, get it checked out right away. Like, you know, so it's not because even with people with like um, knee pain, like chronic knee pain, like it keeps them from walking, keeps them from shopping, keeps them from playing. That itself is stressful, causes depression, causes all these other things that happen. So it's like your whole body's connected, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I think prevention is a big thing. Yeah. Versus like self well, self management is part of you know prevention, but um, the preventative aspect, just kind of holistic yeah. type of approach to healthcare. What is your approach to uh, food and everything? Because I know it's not you deal a lot in like training the body. What is your uh, ideology on food and how do you eat and everything as far as like maintaining a balanced diet? I mean, food wise, you know. I recently became a vegetarian, which I watched this documentary on Netflix, and I was like, oh, okay, let me try it. <laughs> I tried it for six weeks, and I was like, oh, okay, I can do this. So yeah. um, food-wise to me, like, and then being um, so some seven-day Adventist, so there's this thing, like the health message. We were, like, always taught as kids, like, eat healthy. Like, if you go anywhere, it's always vegetarian, vegan food. So I kind of had that mentality of, like, okay, you need to eat healthy. You know, my parents, we always had, like, home-cooked meals, Um so eating healthy was always like a part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you take it to like the athletic level, the training level, I mean, it's huge. It's huge. Like so many people are under eating, not eating the right way. You know, so like my job as a physical therapist and a strength and conditioning specialist is just to give them like guidelines. Like, hey, like the book says or the the, recent, the articles are saying like, hey, you need like, you know, let's just say like four to six grams of carbs per body weight if you're, you know, an endurance or strength athlete. So like you give them guidelines, but ultimately like a well-balanced diet, like, you know, get your protein, get your veggies, don't eat processed food. You know, we try to like practice those things. Um, so for me personally, like I, I don't like change my diet often. Like I don't go through phases where I'm like cutting or bulking. I kind of just keep the same 
you know, same like diet caloric intake like all year. And yeah, you know, um, I always tell people if you have like specific questions, I <laughs> I'm not smart enough to like be like, oh, go, you know, you need to eat this and this and that. Talk to a dietitian. Yeah. But I do give people like just general like things that you can find on Google, like you know, like how much protein do I need for my body weight, or if I need to increase strength. So I would tell you, like look at that, try to follow it. Yeah. You know, because it does affect your training. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we've talked a lot and yeah. everything. If you know, and so I, you know, we've been going for about an hour. It I really like have it's been, been like five minutes. <laughs> I, can, I can talk for yeah. days. Well, I really appreciated the conversation yeah. and everything. And I mean, I do want, I know this is kind of generic to ask, whatever, mm. but like, is there anything particularly? Because I always, you know, I'm an advocate for all, for like humanity and everything. Mm. So if I was talking to a man, I would have him advocate for men in a sense of like black men mostly uh-huh. and stuff and stuff like that. And so, like, as a woman advocating for other women, what is the, what's something that you would say in, uh, I don't know. Not it doesn't have to be yeah. corny. I have to put out any, yeah. but like, because you sound like you know. To me, it sounds like you know you're 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 making a recipe for a happy life. You know, mm-hmm. you'll look back over this period ten years from now, and you'll be happy with yeah. yourself. You know, yeah. and so, uh, seeming that you have a recipe for a happy life, what would you like to share with other women? I know because I'm sure you probably see people like, man, I wish I could share that, mm-hmm. or you know, get, mm-hmm. you know, give you some of those vibes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what would you put out? I would just tell like other women like really look at what you want out of life and what you want is going to look different than what the person next to you wants and what the person next to them wants you know and then be confident what you want and then just go and get it like don't make excuses just go and try it and if it doesn't work it's okay like you know what i mean and so just to really like reflect and not compare yourself and once you find something, like you, ha- you just have to do it. There's no shortcuts. You're not going to be, you're, you know, thinking about something all the time is different when you actually take the steps. So just take the steps. Even when it comes to, like, a lot of women, like, want to exercise, but they don't know where to start. But I'm like, you just got to just start. You know, don't look at other people's bodies or other people's. It's just start. Yeah. So, or if it's, like, business related, like, hey, I've always wanted to do this, then just do it. Like, don't yeah. worry about, like, the what somebody else is doing or theirs has succeeded and yours is not looking like theirs it doesn't matter like just start and like yeah. but make sure that's what you truly want to do and that for sure i like to just thank um my husband for supporting me and my family like they were a huge part in why i did what i did and mm-hmm. just all um i feel like all of my accomplishments and i think for everybody you should have a good support system um to do what you need to do because without them it's hard to you know make all the sacrifices and things that we did um, yeah. to get to this point yeah and also i like i didn't even realize like there's like facebook groups of all these moms and just other women who are who have done this before and you know i said they're like the people that i get inspiration from too so you know I'm, i it feels like you're the only one but there's really so many other people out there that have done some, something similar. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of like asking the right questions and having a, like a good support system. Okay, that's good. Mm-hmm. Well, I really appreciate you having you on and everything. And, you know, so hopefully we can have you back on so we can, uh, you know, catch, you know, your journey as it evolves. Yes, thank okay. you. It's been fun. All right. Yeah, it was. We'll catch you guys later. Rubies, one day I'm sure you'll find. Yeah, yeah. True love. Real true love